0: Thank
1: today we give you thanks for yet another opportunity to gather as a family to hear your word to search your hearts through your scriptures father may we grow to know you more and more and to love you more and more till the end of our days on this earth in Jesus name praise the lord we thank god for yet another opportunity he has given unto us to see yet another beautiful day a day of his blessing a day meant for worship set aside solely for him we thank god and we give him all the praise because it's not everybody that wish to see today that is saying today and it's not everybody that has been searching for the knowledge of truth have been privileged to find the truth just like we have. We give God the glory and we'll continue to appreciate Him till our last breath on this earth in Jesus' name. Our theme for this year, O oh Lord, revive their work, thy people in the midst of the year, has been very apt. And has been a revelation because of things that are happening now. And I know it is the mind of God because of how things are going. Even as our topic for today, rekindling our first love. Rekindling our first love. The first love we have when we come to know our Lord Jesus Christ on a very personal basis. And our scripture is taken from Revelation chapter 2, from verse 2 to 5. I will go through it again. I'm reading from King James Version. I know thy works and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and thou hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast laboured and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have some words against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou hast fallen, and repent, and do the first work, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. That is the word of God as. Revealed to St. John the Apostle about uh, concerning the seven churches in Asia. And we know that the Ephesian church was founded by Paul. And when the gospel came to Ephesus, there was some resistance. But when they accepted the gospel, they accepted it wholeheartedly and when you hear the admonitions of God there telling them that he know their words and translation will say I know your deed your labor your hard work and your patience and how you've not condoned evil in any way Even first apostles that have come to claim to be who they are not, they were able to have the discerning spirit to discern that these people are fake because there are certain criteria, there are certain characteristics that are laid down for them by the apostle Paul and by the gospel. Because apostle paul took them into nitty-gritty of the gospel so we are talking about people that have knowledge of the word of god and again he commended them how they bear and how they've been patient for the name of god they've labeled for the name of christ and they've not fainted some translation will say they've not grown weary meaning that they've not they are not yet tired for the cause of the gospel and then when I was going through this I said then what again is remaining that if you put this in a balance most of the new churches churches of 21st century that I don't even know when this what even if these things can be said of them but then as we learn then there is the clause In a sentence that determines the implication. Whenever you hear everything I hear, Therefore, nevertheless, but... Igbo people will say, There is comma there, And the Spirit of God was saying, But nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. I have something against thee. That will kind of rubbish all that you have done so far. One bad thing that will make your patience, your labor, not to count for you. That one thing will condemn everything that you have done. They have fallen. Meaning that they've attained a certain height in spiritual things in things of god they have fallen and they need to repent because of what they have left their first love it's a bit challenging to really understand people that are doing all these things how then do you say that they have forgotten their first love But we know we have a God that knows all our work. He knows everything. You cannot hide anything from him. He sees in the spirit. He sees physically. Meaning that this church, they have become religious. They are following liturgies and doctrine. But the fire needed is no more there. They are living just like many Christians of these days are living. Do not steal. You come to church. You dress well. But then the fervency of love and worship for God is gone. And our Lord Jesus Christ was telling John that they need to repent and do the first work. He wanted them to be restated in the state of grace which they were before or else he will come quickly meaning that he will come when they least expected and that was what christ was telling all the seven churches especially the six of them that has one issue or the other that he will come quickly coming quickly here is coming when they are relaxed when they did not expect him when they are not expecting him he will come very quickly and will remove their candle candlestick out of his place except one condition they repent meaning that god loves them just like he loves all of us and always give us a second chance chance for repentance chance to going back to what we used to be to him chance for us to place god where he should appropriately occupy in our life about whether christ is coming again or not there is no debate for that he amounts to saying that there is no god and the scripture tells us in um, psalm 14 verse 1 there is only the fool that say there is no God. Even some other religions that made mention of Christ say that he is coming. But due to their knowledge that is limited, they are not getting the reason why he is coming back. Christ is now not coming as the Lamb, but he is coming as the Lion of the tribe of Judah to judge the people. He will come in his glory and his great might. He will come to call back those that have endured. Those that have continued with the same fervency and idol in worshipping him. Those that have kept faith till the end. When we talk about revival, we've spoken so much about revival. But then it cannot be too much. Because each day you search the heart of God through his word, we tend to get more revelation. And that is one of the most probable things that happened to the church in Ephesus. And it's happening to many of us Christians. When we know the Bible to a certain extent, we don't go back and continue to search the heart of God through his word. We are now conversant with what is happening there. What is written there we'll just like start gliding and it's a dangerous thing as a Christian to glide because gliding goes with the force of gravity and we know the force of gravity as downwards it doesn't push anybody up it means renewal of life reawakening restoration meaning what? that there is still life that will be acted upon that there is still remaining some level of life. In mercy, you don't resuscitate a dead person. You resuscitate somebody that is unconscious, somebody that has one respiratory embarrassment or the other, or cardiac arrest. You can, and you bring back to life. And that's what the church needs right now. Timothy used the words to stir up. But though he was talking about gifts, but there is this stirring up that will, those things that are there, they are deposited there. But you are not making use of them. And we know gifts, talents, whatever it is that you have, when you don't stir it up and continue using it, it dies a natural death. Is it a skill that you've learned Then when we learn computers, if you don't have a computer to practice, and you wait for months, six months, when you go there, you start all over again. it a musical instrument, whatever it is. If you don't put it into appropriate use, you'll see that you lost touch. That's in Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, chapter 1, verse 6 to 10. so, But when we talk about rekindling, there is always a connotation of fire, and every child of God must have fire, and that fire must be burning. In the olden days, it was in the temple where the priest has to intercede for you on every matter. But now that Jesus Christ has come and the veil has been torn and every child of God is now a priest. You have to carry the fire of the Holy Spirit in you. And that fire must be burning. That fire must be burning. And when it's almost going out, that's when you say you rekindle it. And there are two factors about fire going dim. Whenever you hear the word rekindling, there are two things that come into play. I always notice two things. Time. There is always a time lag that makes the fire to start going down. And then when they say rekindling, they say rekindle again. Meaning that there was there. Meaning that we are not talking to pagans. We are talking to Christians. Christians have come to realize the knowledge of Christ. Christians have received the free gift of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Those are the people that God is talking to. These are the same people. The church in Ephesus was one of the first churches that was founded by... I was, the foundation was laid by St. Paul. And there are a lot of wonderful testimonies about them when you go through Ephesians 1 and 2, and even Acts of Apostles, and even here when we read that. But then, to us in appearance, there is subtle changes going on. There are subtle changes going on that to man, they may appear that they are on course. When we meet God face to face, may he never say nevertheless to us in Jesus' name. So this is another time that God is calling on to us. That we have to reassess ourselves. We have to look at ourselves completely, holistically. Without being partial. I know that when we set questions for ourselves... And answer it and score ourselves. A lot of time we we'll score ourselves 90%. But when you are realistic and sit down and ask the Spirit of God to reveal to you those areas as a Christian that you need rekindling, our Lord is faithful and He will do it once again. So there are certain characteristics of the efficient church, they have been cool but they have not been extinguished yet there is a level of remission and then there is now warmth in propagation of the gospel and we know that god said that if you are neither cold or hot that he will spit us out that is only when we are hurt, set ablaze, set burning for Him, set aflame, that He will accept us. There is nothing like in between. There is nothing like lukewarmness. I don't know whether it's because of the prevailing situation that we find ourselves that it is happening so. We are talking about the first love at the beginning of our life of faith in God through Jesus Christ. That love we found when God revealed to us himself through Jesus Christ. That time you come to know Jesus and you are ready to do everything that you are told to do. You want to serve God at every capacity. When you were like, oh, that was my pitiable situation, so I was even without a hope. So can God forgive all I have done? That was the frequency we are talking about. When we give our lives to Christ, we accepted Him as our Lord and Savior, personal Savior, And he come to abide in us and take over everything concerning us. That initial period, there is this emotion. There is this passion. There is is this yieldedness that you want to do the biddings of God at that moment. But if you look around, even each and every one of us, at a time, everything started being routine. Everything started going if you go out for a morning cry, if you preach in the bus, if you preach every day, some people will tell you, I must preach to somebody this day, I must share this good news. This good thing that I found, it will not be with me alone. I must tell it to another person to benefit. We notice that over time, it tends to go down. If you go to Acts of the Apostle, chapter 2, verse 37. On the Pentecost day, when the power of the Holy Spirit came down and engulfed them, when the power of the Holy Spirit came down as was promised by God to the early disciples that were saying in Jerusalem, He say, don't move, don't move till I empower you. The first thing that happened that Peter was bold he was emboldened, and he spoke, spoke, when people were like what's wrong with these people? Everybody heard his own term, own language, there was a manifestation of tongues and there was flame of light on them. After talking to these people he was not even being afraid of being stoned or anything. But what he said, the Bible said that it cuts through their hearts. There's this level of constriction as it caught through their hearts. That this and this person is saying is the truth, And then, but actually, what happened is that the veil has been torn, and they now see their situation clearly, seeing how pitiable their situation was. And that leads to what? The question, what shall we do? What shall we do? Hey, oh, is that my situation? Oh my God, what shall I do? What shall I do? And we notice in the Bible, especially as of apostles, so many instances when God manifests himself, is he the jailer? Name it. When they just get to know the truth, they always ask, what shall we do? What prevents you from baptizing me? And the church noticed, witnessed a very rapid growth. 3,000 people were added to the 120 people that were before. Just in one day. And the word of God grew. And this gave birth to the first century church. The church that we should emulate. The church... That set the pace for us. Yes, Christ came to show the way to tell us that this is doable as a human being. Suffer the same challenge that we pass through, pass through the same environment, have the same physical challenges that we have, was hungry, was beaten, name it. Showing that this is doable. But then as a church, it was the first century church after the pentecost and there are certain characteristics that they exhibited when we read from Acts 2 41 to 47 and i read then they that gladly receive his word were baptized being initiated and the same day they were added unto them about three thousand souls and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in the breaking of bread, and in prayer. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, and had all things in common. And so their possessions and goods and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did uh, eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. That's the essence of the whole thing, such as will be saved. Is the current church exhibiting all this? Because if we can emulate the first church, the first century church, there will be growth on a daily basis. Souls will be saved. There is no two ways about that. Signs and wonders will abound. There will not be dirt of signs and wonders. That one, it comes naturally when the word is being shared. Signs and wonders follow the first century church retained the strong and added affection for god and love for christ they were constantly praising god on daily basis the zeal and fervor there is hunger there was ardour for things of god but because after a time I don't know around the time when St. John got this revelation, but we know St. John lived up to a hundred years, so most probably 60 years, on theologians say about 60 years after the death of Christ, or there about. meaning that immediately the church fathers were out of the way. That those zeal started dying small more. They got knowledgeable with things of God. Now they've mastered it. That yearning of what shall we do. Now they believe that they are among now God's chosen. But softly, softly, they didn't know that they were losing ground. The church became religious. Because we are into religiosity. We are into doctrines or religions. Our church and denomination. And not really Christ again. And when as a Christian you grow and attain a plethora. Sometimes the excitement of the salvation that you've obtained. May not be there again it tends to die down we get used to what we are seeing everything seems familiar and looks regular sometimes even family altar prayer becomes routine father thank you for another beautiful day but we wouldn't even know that repeating that same prayer means so much to god many of us we rush off to work and ask the family to pray or we'll pray when we are driving on the steering. But in Hebrews 6, 10 to 12, there is something the scripture told us there. He said what? For God is not unrighteous, to so forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed to us his name, in that you have ministered to send and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, not halfway. That ye be not slothful, that's lazy, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. It was, the scripture made it very clear. The word that struck me there was the word diligence. Diligence has passion it has fervor it doesn't, doesn't come up and down diligence are exhibited on daily basis and diligence is upward direction diligence you need energy to be diligent you have to keep up Sp- firing it you don't become diligent and all of a sudden you go good any day you are not diligent the bible it there you become slothful from these two scriptures, opposite of diligence is slothfulness. Slothfulness means laziness, taking things at your pace, not taking cognizance of the necessity or requirement of God. Because of what some people will tell you, what's new? I asked somebody that called me, Ah, you did not go to church, you are supposed to be church now. He said, Ah. That's abroad. That's in America. They're going to church. It's only old elderly people that go to church. What am I going to church for? Electricity, life, everything. So I'll pray in my house that I'm not into church again. I go to church once in a while. The church has gotten to the into the life of orthodoxy. We are getting too orthodox, repeating the same thing over time that it has lost its touch in our life. If you come to service, you can predict how it's going to be, Holy Communion service, midweek service, whatever it is. There is taking a pattern, the pattern of routine, that makes us lose that touch. That sensitivity in us dies. The church has lost its focus. Christians have lost their focus. I use the word matter syndrome. Matter, the sister of Mary, friends of Jesus Christ in Bethany. Luke 10, 38, 42. All of us, we know the story. Being encumbered with things that are not trivial, our work, we are so busy. That sometimes things of God takes background. Images everything. And in attempts, you sleep off. I will do it, I will pray. When you wake up sometimes, instead of starting your day with prayers, you do other things. Then when you are rushing off, you do this express digital prayer that takes about five minutes or thereabouts. When Mary was querying, when Martha was querying Jesus about her sister, and Jesus told her that she has chosen that one that is good, which will not be taken away from her. That's the word of God. You're running around for food, you eat food, how many hours would you sit? You defecate the food. But she's taking a food that will remain with her. And that's what God wants us to think concerning Him. We should, we should. I don't let the word covert seem not to be a positive word, but when it comes to things of God, covert it. Yes, covert it. Meaning become Oliver twist. Don't get enough of it. You should covert it. The word of God, you should covert it. Because you cannot have enough. Right now, we are so busy. But look at coronavirus. We are in lockdown. People are now forced to sit down. You see that those things, that things that without them you cannot live. Where are they? Where are they? Now people are reading the scriptures more. There is now this translational paradigm. People now are turning back, asking questions: What is this life all about? So i even asking: What is? What am I doing here on earth? And this is a question that we should have asked ourselves. And it should have been the, gri- the driving principle of our life. It have been the basis on which we live. But now, because of lockdown, everybody is afraid of death. The church has lost its focus. The church teachings now, many of them, they are derailing They teach things that seem to be true, with some errors injected into it. We highlight prosperity more than any other thing. Prosperity, watering holiness, righteousness, chastity, fidelity, faithfulness. All those things now have gotten into the background. When we talk about them, we'll glide over them. And they will say, you'll be prosperous. I was talking to somebody and saying, all these people are coming and telling me rubbish about coronavirus. Why didn't they see coronavirus that you come this year? Because I like going through videos, and I say, this person that is talking 5G, or what is he talking about? He said that 2,000, many of them say 2,000 is your year of prosperity. 2,020 is your year of this thing. And now when something has happened, you are coming to tell, why should I believe you? If you want me to believe you, there is somebody called John Lake in the time of the bubonic flu, Spanish flu. He went, people were running, he would touch in Jesus' name, be healed and people receive healing. Let them do that. When they do it, I will know that God spoke to them. But if not that, my faith is more than many of them. Because of what well, they are talking where God has not asked them to talk. And some of them must you talk. Because even in the Bible, prophets, there are sometimes say, I don't have a message, God have not told me anything. So you must not. We walk by faith, not by sight. I listen to news, those things, they don't offend me because I know where my faith is. If we have a problem that what we see on the news affects you, that means you are walking by sight using your physical senses. But when you are connected with God, you hear what you tell. I don't mean that we should be careless. No. Observe basic things. But what is God saying to you? Do you know what? When you are afraid, when you have fear in you, you cannot hear God. You hear what other people are saying. You listen to the news. Onemunale Lagos. Hey! Cano! That's what you'll be hearing. And God cannot communicate to you in that instance. Never. Because there is already another spirit that is habiting you. And God, we you know, is a jealous God. He doesn't share accommodation. Either you give in to fear or he abides. The Holy Spirit does not share accommodation. I read something when somebody was telling me, church, this thing. It wrote there we are we are interested in your soul not in your body what kind of heresy or blasphemy is that whatever you do with your body their church don't give it down but they are interested in your soul forgetting that our body is the temple of god if you mess up your body the holy spirit cannot be cannot abide there And when you see church, people fool because they are telling them we have itchy ears. Telling them what they want to hear. They are fighting for their soul to make it to heaven. They are fornicating adultery. What have you. Then, how will the soul fly? To where? Some will say, leave people to do what they want to do with their body. That's God is interested in the soul. I watched one video clip sometime last year in America. We are churches. We are supporting homosexuality. Yes, churches. I saw one of them, not Something Baptist Church. I shake my head. Churches where everybody is accommodated everybody is accommodated just come not accommodating to change but just come we don't discriminate god does not discriminate if you accommodate to change it's a different thing that's why when i see so much crowd in a church i'm troubled i do mathematical calculation i will divide the number by 12 then i'll tell you the number of judas is there Yes, it's scriptural, except a church that the Holy Spirit has inhabited, has taken over. And when you come in, it does not hide. You will feel it from stepping from the door, everything, you will feel it. It can never hide. The Holy Spirit does not hide. Let's go to Philippians, first chapter, verse 9 to 11. The scripture says, And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more, in knowledge and in all judgment, that you may approve things that are excellent. Things that are excellent, those are the things that we should approve. That ye may be sincere and without offense in the day of Christ, being filled with the fruit of righteousness, which are by Jesus. Which Uh, by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God things that don't give honor and glory unto God things that are unrighteous should not be found in the church that's the truth, things that are excellent St. Paul was very clear about that so meaning what the church bring people in to change them to know what Jesus Christ has done for them and not being afraid you should tell them something that will get them upset, no we are not doing the word of God. The church has gotten to the level two when sins are sin when some people commit them. So now, criteria of sin is who committed it, and not that sin is sin. What is wrong is wrong, irrespective of who's involved. Some things are done by a Christian who shape our mouth. Because the person involved may occupy a high place or a big name. He cannot be reprimanded. When certain people do things that they should be called to order, some will say, do not judge. Yes, we are not judging people because when you judge somebody, you condemn. But when you judge a character, you condemn the character but not the person. So, what we are calling, somewhere in John, he say judge in righteousness. Judge having righteousness as your basis and not the person. Because somebody that has done something that is not right with God will still change. But when somebody is condemned, the person is already condemned. But when you condemn an act, it's the act that we condemn. So, that doesn't mean we'll see certain things and we say, god said i will not judge there are criterias for doing that to call the person and tell them this is what the, Christ, uh, the scripture says but we have to do that in love because sometimes when you use this holier than thou attitude it even make the situation worse instead of the normal correcting that it will bring correction that it will bring it brings another thing altogether. we shall not in any way deceive ourselves about what is excellent or not in First Corinthians six nine to eleven, the Scripture says, "You know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Being of deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor idolatrous, adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards." No revilers nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. Meaning, those are former states. Yes, we are now a new creature in Jesus Christ. But that does not mean that those acts are right. So when we see anybody involved in those acts, we should call him and tell him, Brother, sister, this is wrong. In any way you see it, it is wrong. The church are made up of individuals. The church is not a building. The church are people. Christ founded the church. He established people. He started with these 12 and went beyond that. That's how he established church. The Bible did not tell us that Christ built any structure, physical structure. But he built structure in people. So when we are thinking of church, let's not exonerate ourselves and be thinking of one church or the other. We are the church. We are the church. This time... It's a time for us to go back. Have, a course, sober reflection. Luckily or unluckily, the situation, the plague, has given people another chance not to be too busy. To sit down. To really go through the scripture and ask God, What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And we know... This may be the sign of the heralding of the end time. This is the time that will look up to Jesus and live. During the plague in wilderness in Numbers 21.8, a bronze snake was done. And then people that look up to that snake, they look up to that snake and they live from the poisonous snake bite. And sometime I was reading the Italian minister where he said that we've done everything humanly possible. We are now looking in that same direction. He said we are looking up to heaven. And what is he talking about here? He's not talking about the bed up there. He's talking about God. Even war leaders are now appreciating God. In March 15th, I think, there was a general prayer said in the U.S. Asking God to come and intervene. Other nations are now coming back to the drawing board, appreciating the, the, the supremacy of God, where our own human understanding seems to be failing us. So as Christians that have tested this God, that have known the truth, it's another time for us to start rekindling our faith and start seeking where is it that god will tell us but where is it that god will tell us nevertheless in the same revelation 2 5 remember therefore from where thou have fallen we should remember what we used to be and he said we will repent and do the first work or else i'll come unto the unknowingly leaders quickly and will remove the candlestick out of his place except where, where you repent. Use repentance two times there. There is this song we used to sing our children. Jesus, So it's the same thing that has been said here. Because of what, if you are removed, another person replaces it. Yes, if you are, if your candlestick, which represents you, which represents your burning, it's not there again, it will be replaced. Meaning that you are lost, you are in tanda, your eternal promise that you have lost it and have lost it forever. Under this question, we need to ask ourselves in everything. Pentecost and everything, there was, this, there was this presence of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. We can only struggle. You will try, but you will fail. Without the Holy Spirit, you go frontwards and backwards. And here that the chapter was saying, repent, repent. In my little knowledge about the scripture and word of God i know that anybody that needs repentance that the holy spirit has left holy spirit doesn't live in anybody that needs to repent when you repent and call him he comes back again and you will be rekindled. you'll be set on fire meaning that when sometimes when we think we are still there there are natural laws whether we are christian or non-christians nature abhors vacuum when the Holy Spirit leaves, another spirit takes over. There's no two ways about. Don't let's not deceive yourself. That accommodation will not be empty. And you know where the Holy Spirit left will still be very clean. So it will be a better accommodation that when they are coming to even habit, he will call others more. Come, there is one better accommodation here. And the Bible says, when a Christian has fallen. Coming back again is always very difficult. Meaning that the evil spirit has been hovering around you. No penetration, no penetration. But immediately the hedge is broken. The serpent bites immediately. That's what happens to Christians that fall, that backslide. That slide gap because you're on a radar. As a Christian, know that you're on a radar. That's why when people are talking about alcohol or all these things, I tell them, yes, alcohol may not be seen as the Bible would it, but alcohol leads to sin. There is nothing positive about it. It leads to sin. And as a Christian, you are on radar every day. That's why in very sensitive jobs, in short, almost all jobs, when you are on duty, you don't take alcohol. Check it, pilots, soldiers, police, not the type who have here, uh, sorry, Police, sorry, if you are listening. Uh What when you are duty, be it a doctor, you don't drink. It's against the ethics. It's against the ethics. So if you know you're a Christian, you're a Christian in the morning, you're a Christian soldier of Christ in the afternoon, in the evening you're you're a soldier of Christ, even when you are sleeping, you are still a soldier of Christ. So when do you have time to go off duty? A Christian is permanently on duty. You are permanently on duty. So that's why when you say you become a Christian, you've conscribed into the army of Christ. Because now you're a Christ representative. So there is no need for that. Because one moment of sleep, you sleep will bring you down forever. Because of what? You are under a radar. Somebody is waiting for you to sleep. Yes, he will say he goes to and fro looking for who to devour who are the people he is looking for not his converts he knows his people they don't have problem they don't have problem but he's looking for the, 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 the believers that have given room for him to have access so if we have this consciousness in us then we should not live like just any other person we live in that consciousness of somebody that is on duty somebody that knows that somebody is waiting for you to have access and deal with you. And when he wants to deal with you, he will deal with you seriously. Not small dealing. We have what to call, that pains my heart, what I call tragedy of our time. In 2 Timothy 2.19, the Bible made us to know that our God knows who is his... And what? Let everyone that names the name of Christ should depart from iniquity. It's going to be tragedy because on the last day, you make people believe, but God knows his own, and you cannot deceive God. That's why a lot of Christians will not make it. That's the simple truth. We name the name of Christ, but we have not departed for iniquity. You see a Christian, a businessman, you say something, or sigh, business. Meaning what? That Christ has not covered that aspect of his life. He run this one with the standard of the world, secular standard, and not standard of God, standard of Christ's standard. And many of us have that some part of our life have not been inhabited by the holy spirit. We go to church, just like the efficient church do a lot of things. But then one or two little foxes, one or two areas are still lacking. And I tell you they say what the yeast that leavens the bread. And when you see people that bake here, if you see yeast they don't use cup to put it. They pinch it. They pinch it and put and turn. I'll be like this, this little thing. And then when you see what it will do, you'll be surprised. And that is what will send us to the other side. We read Matthew seven twenty two to twenty three, and I want to just make a little comment there, and I pray. Because of the tragedy of our time that will take place in the end time. In the sense that people will come and say, Father, Lord, Lord, Lord. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, 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 have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works. And where and then, I will profess unto them, I never know you. Depart from me, ye worker of iniquity. You say in Jesus' name, God honors his name, and something will be happening. But you don't know you don't belong, that you are no more there. God is honoring his name just for his name's sake. You will even know that you've been delisted since... You are living in what I call illusion. You are living in a state of self-denial. One Igbo song said, si be, si be, gunwane, si be, You know, my song, my wife said I should stop singing that sometimes. When I sing, it says that somebody died. <laughs> But I know one thing and I'm very sure. God sees my heart of singing and know what you are hearing. And what matters to God is my main concern. What any other person hears, I don't know what to say. But God hears my singing and knows the height of the praise. So, he said that the judgment day will be as in... What is the in English? It will be terrible. It will be terrible because there will be commotion. Jin -jin pastors, people that, this one, this one, this one. That day people will see where many of them are going to end up. But people that serve God with true hearts, unadulterated, that are diligent to the calling of God. These are the people that will make it to heaven. So at this time we need to desire and hunger for the Holy Spirit. You can't be a Christian without habitation of the Holy Spirit, my brethren. We have to hunger and desire for the Holy Spirit. Unless we repent, we likewise perish. By the work of flesh, no man shall prevail. In Luke 13:32 is 2, there written, and Revelation 1, 7 said what? We should not deserve ourselves that Christ is coming. Christ is coming let it not be like in the parable in matthew chapter chapter 24 the wicked servant that the master left and he waited 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 and the master wasn't coming and he started doing horrible things and that was when the master came back jesus is coming soon it's not your business how soon but your own is that whenever he comes you your fire will be burning your light will be on it will be burning for Christ you should be doing his things you'll be doing the work of the master let us pray oh lord oh lord set my heart on fire for you I want to know your heart. I want to know your way. Oh Oh Lord, set my
0: heart on fire for you. I want to burn for you.
1: Assess our life. The scripture is telling us repent, 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 so that the Holy Spirit will come back again. Repent and the Holy Spirit will rekindle us again. That our fire will be burning once again for the Lord. Without the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. Our light will be extinguished as Christians. Let us repent on those little things that is only God that knows. Is it hatred? Is it bitterness? Whatever it is. Is it that we've forgotten our first love for Christ? Is has Christ taken back seat in our life? Has Christ been forgotten altogether in our life? Let us ask the Lord that we let us tell him that we are sorry. Let us tell God that we are sorry, that we are sorry, and that we repent of our sins with a humble heart. Present yourself unto God that He will cleanse you and renew you with a right spirit. He said that we should ask and it will be given unto us. If you ask in sincerity, if you ask in faith, little, little things. The church in Ephesus, they've persevered, they've discerned false apostles. They have not grown weary yet, but our Lord is saying, nevertheless. That thing that will make our God to tell you, nevertheless, at this moment, Mm. present it with God. Even at this time that the Lord, the world is under a siege, siege of a virus. This is the time to call upon God. This is the time for us to remain clean and rapturable without blemish. This is the time to return to our first love. Anything that will take away your testimony from you, anything that will take away your testimony from you, present it unto the Lord and say, Father, I'm sorry. That you should renew a right spirit within me. Send your Holy Spirit once again to take control, to direct, to teach. If perchance you are listening to this word of God and you've not come to have a personal relationship with God, Your question should be, just as on the Pentecost day, what shall I do? What shall I do? And we thank God for His graciousness because He's made a way for every creature, every human being that He created in His likeness. What shall I do should be your question. Jesus is coming soon and he that said that he will come will surely come because he cannot lie and he does not
0: lie agreed O Lord we know that of a truth it is by your blood that you have brought us father thank you O God even for
1: rekindling the love in our hearts for your work and for the things that pertain to you father we are grateful thank you for accepting us back again into your fold for those who did not know you before now Lord we are grateful that you have accepted them again this morning receive all honor and adoration for in Jesus' name we have prayed.
0: Jesus, <speaking in> be <Hebrew>